Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on, everybody? Welcome into the Fantasy Coaches Podcast. This is your host, Steve Pintado. Uh, today, we are talking draft strategies, guys. We got two great guests on today's show. We're going to be basically talking about different types of strategies for the fantasy football season. And we also kind of kind of recap a mock draft we're currently in the middle of right now. So let me introduce my co-host, as always, Coach Jibs. Welcome to the stream, my friend. Hey, how are you? I'm doing good today. I'm just kind of laughing in my head of our like little comedy going on over the Mike Williams pick. I've never seen a fantasy community so hyped over <laughs> this guy. He's usually a waiver wire fodder, but hey, he's getting some um, well-deserved praise today. I am seeing that now, though. I did not notice that. I'm doing a lot of things at once and trying to draft and do this is going to be tough probably. But thankfully, we're at the back end of the draft here. So guys, like I said, we have two fantastic guests on today's show. Let me introduce the first one, Jorge Martin. Welcome to the show, my friend. Oh, bienvenidos. How you doing, guys? Thank you. Thank you for having me. Gracias. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, before we introduce our next guest, just let everyone know, you know, where they can find you on social media and what you do in the industry and your network. Well, I am. First off, here's my my Twitter is Jorge Martin 17. And uh, I'm the host and founder of the Familia FFP podcast, which is uh, it's our kind of Latino focused uh, podcast where we do it in English. We throw a little Spanish in there, (laughs) but uh, we throw a lot of food. We we do a lot of football talk, not football, football. And uh, but we also talk uh, we throw in some food and some beer references. I co-host it with a couple of my cousins, my primos, Hector and Ricky. And uh, it basically it's just kind of like mimicking that family sports discussion that sometimes gets heated and sometimes we argue and uh, we fall short of calling each other one another names. But uh, <laughs> but, you know, there's still it's all love at, at the end of the day. And uh, yeah, and you can find us at. Um, we're on YouTube at Familia Familia FFB, and you can also find us on Apple, Google, Spotify, wherever you can get your podcast. We'll do the audio there. Also, Familia FFB, so the FFB, obviously, for fantasy football. And, uh, yeah, I mean, it's it's been a blast. We've been going on for a little more than a year, and I'm currently in, uh, in the middle of a beat writer slash insider series where I'm talking to somebody from each one of the, who covers each one of the 32 teams to just kind of get that insider's look, who's looking good in camp, who's uh, looking good going into the season. So uh, thank you guys for having us guys. Really appreciate being on here. Absolutely guys. So if you guys aren't following them already, please do so. They're a fantastic podcast. So uh, let's bring on our second guest for the today's show. And it is Sean. Sean, I don't know your last name, so I didn't, Say it out loud. Oh, that's right. It's just Thompson. Uh, Jorge, Thompson. you're on the clock. you got 29 seconds. Oh, geez. <laughs> I shouldn't have talked so long. Thanks for having me, guys. <laughs> Absolutely, Sean. Um, so uh, just, you know, briefly talk about, you know, kind of what you like to do in the industry. Oh, uh, well, this is my first podcast show that I've ever done right now. So I had no idea. Wow. Let's that. go. Oh, yeah. uh, I just do a little bit of a talk. I don't know. I've been doing fantasy football since early 90s. So long time that I've been doing this got kind of my own blueprint that I kind of go off of and it wins me championships. So I stick with it. As you can see, 
big trophy up there from my home league. I like that. <laughs> That's a nice trophy. And the jerseys next to them are pretty nice. 49er league. fan, I'm assuming. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yep. 49er fan. Big timer. <laughs> is, that a six, is that a 16? Is that oh, a 16 yeah. jersey? Montana. Yeah. I got all the Niners. <laughs> he talks it more than enough, guys. If you guys are ever on Clubhouse, Sean's always on there talking fantasy or any kind of football constantly. So uh, he mentioned uh, a strategy he likes to pull off. And for this series, I felt it was a it was a great opportunity to kind of bring him in or he can kind of talk about that because he's, he's mentioned he's won a lot of times doing the strategy. So uh, had to bring him on for that. So. Like I said, guys, we are doing draft strategies today, but before we get into it, we do have some news to talk about since last time we were here on Thursday. So this is definitely a new time for us since we're doing it on Mondays this week during the football season. So first one off, Carson Wentz, guys. Hurt, you know, a couple days ago, you know, he was just going to rest the foot. All right, whatever it was, what it is. And now today he got surgery today. He had a broken bone in his foot that apparently loosened up over the time since high school, apparently when the injury was originally caused. Uh, but he is possibly out between five and 12 weeks long, which could put him a couple weeks into the season, could put him through halfway through the season here. So, um, Sean, I'll let you go first. How does this impact you thinking of Carson Wentz now in fantasy and possibly the whole Colts team now? Uh, well, in one, my one league, I'm trying to do something new in my super flex league, and Carson Wentz is one of my two quarterbacks, the other one being Josh Allen. So I'm just rolling in a super flex with this year with just two quarterbacks in that league. I thought – would have been fine, so that kind of hurts, but it's all right. I'm still with my strategy. I got a deep team with running backs, wide receivers, and tight ends because I just totally skipped the quarterbacks in this draft, and I had, uh, I think, five picks in the first round, so I'm pretty stacked with rookies. My team was stacked before, but it's going to hurt for Indy in some ways. If maybe they get them back for the last half of the season, they're going to be a run team, so they might make playoffs, but that also puts them back down into the second round talk with, what it's going to cost them for Wentz instead of the first round if Wentz was to play 70% of those games. So that's the biggest impact on this injury. Yeah, definitely. Eagles fans are wishing Carson Wentz a very quick recovery. So, uh, Jorge, up, buddy. <laughs> Jorge, over to you. Um, are you comfortable drafting a guy like Carson Wentz now in drafts, or is it just he's off the table now completely? Uh, only in super flex leagues where he, maybe he's my third quarterback. I'm just looking at him. I'm fading him. Uh, I'm looking at in single quarterback leagues. I'm just looking at grabbing him maybe, you know, off the waiver wire. Cause I was doing the math and, 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 uh, someone I, I follow and I've, I've become good friends with Edwin Porras, who's the, uh, uh, fantasy, fantasy injury analyst for fantasy points. And he put, he, they said the five to 12 week timeline, it's more like closer to the 12 weeks. And, and I was looking, doing some math and that's October 24th in uh, Sean in your backyard against the 49ers. So that's like, I think week seven. And so I, I'm just, I'm, I'm waiting, I'm waiting. And then, you know what? I had really high hopes for, for him. Uh, he was looking from some of the reports that I was seeing, he was looking great in camp. And I, I thought he might be just one of those guys playing a 17 week schedule that he was going to be someone who's going to uh, really shine and be kind of like one of those backup quarterbacks that becomes a starter kind of partway through the season. Yeah. It's like a real unfortunate because I know I was really rooting for him to kind of make you know, some kind of a rebound to his career after being basically thrown out of uh, Philly there. But the Philly fan over here on top here, Jibs, uh, oh, that's you. <laughs> yes, I know you're working <laughs> for a speedy recovery, but um, what besides, you know, like, you know, the whole draft pick and everything, is there a player that you have in mind that either positively or negatively impacted by this? 
Uh, positively, I'll you could say like Jonathan Taylor maybe would be more or the running game in particular they'll be probably more uh, susceptible to just like easing it out, getting Jacob Easton like I guess acclimated to being an NFL starting quarterback. So I think the run game will make some improvements. Um, me, on the other hand, like I was kind of like hoping for like Michael Pittman being like a late round pick you could get as a wide receiver or a later round pick as a wide receiver. And I think that definitely impacts him. So not really liking that, but it is what it is. Running backs, pass catchers down for me. I was really with you. I, I was really with you on Pittman being, being really sky high on Pittman because I just thought I, I, second year jump. I just really looking, Oh, I, th- 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 this one hurts. I don't know which receiver to really target on there. I don't think I want anybody. <laughs> yeah. It's definitely tough now. That's for sure. But uh, you know, that does open up a door for a guy like Jacob Easton there. Uh, Sean, I'll let you talk about it. You know much about Jacob Easton and would you kind of go after him? if you're looking for a quarterback in Superflex? Uh, well, I heard something on Good Morning Football this morning, which I think is the way the Colts might go, but they're going to have to have a talk with Wentz first. Um, the Bears are sitting there with three quarterbacks and Foles is the third one. Like, he's not going to cost much to bring Foles over. Could you imagine that? And it's, Foles, this is your job until he's until he's healthy again, and then he's automatically coming in. Like, you have to have that talk with Wentz. But I don't think any of the quarterbacks that Colts have on their roster right now are going to be their day one starter if Wentz is out. Oh, I love that. That's a nice take right there. That I mean, yeah, I mean, reports early on right now, Jacob Eason is not doing great in camp. I mean, I think the other day a reporter was like his best friend was one of the linebackers on the Colts. So he's clearly, you know, he was a late round pick, uh, you know, two years ago. And clearly I don't know if he's going to be the day one starter. It's up in the air at this point. It could be anyone at this point. Uh, like again, we all kind of mentioned, you know, kind of stay away from this Colts team right now and, and wait to see unless you're Jonathan Taylor, then that's a guy you probably want to at least go after. So we'll see. Hopefully Carson Wentz isn't out as long as, you know, many people are reporting right now. So um, over to another injury that kind of happened today, uh, Devontae Smith out two to three weeks with this um, MCL sprain right now. Uh, that's definitely somewhat of a shocking news. I know a lot of people, myself at least is pretty high on a guy like Devontae Smith here. Um, but you guys in just generals, um, does Devontae Smith kind of, lean off for you to want to go get a guy like that in redrafts right now? Do you want to take a shot on him, even with this injury going right now? Uh, I would. It's two, three weeks, right? That's not a that long of a time. And he's young, so he's going to recover pretty quickly. I, I agree with you on the youth. He's going to, that's, that's going to be on his side. And, uh, and, you know, there's so many targets that are open in Philly. I mean, I know Jibs, you're the, you're the Philly fan. So uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to bow to you on this one. Oh, for me, like, obviously like I, I love volume. So like if he has an opportunity to have like a, basically a elevated season just because like we lost a bunch of veterans, maybe Zach Hertz goes, but I think he won't be affected. But you know, one thing I do like about it is like, maybe I guess he'll be falling a little bit in uh, ADP. So like you'll get him at a, I guess a cheaper price, maybe around later. You never know how, how it'll go, but he probably will pick up a little bit of steam, but I know like, Typically, uh, there's like a little Eagles bias. I feel like no one likes to draft them. So, like, you probably get them at a discount anyway. Yeah, I mean, it definitely could lean people off him because of the injury. If, you, if you're not, if people are just assuming that's going to be the case. But like you guys said already, like he's young. He should be able to kind of bounce back already and should be at this point, even maybe 
even a discount, possibly a double digit type of player now than he was like a single digit, I think, in a lot of a lot of drafts that I've seen. So uh that could be a positive twist for because he's gonna be a good player in this league. It's just unfortunate injury. I mean, I think someone mentioned today AJ Brown, DK Metcalf both had injuries uh prior to their rookie years, and you saw what they were to do their rookie season still. So Devontae Smith should be good to go for this Philly Eagles team. So hopefully he's heals up very fast. So he needs to work them legs, some calves up there. <laughs> Little squats, get some squats going. Oh, uh, he definitely needs to. So Eagles uh, camp. <laughs> so some rest of the news here, some minor news. Alfred Morris signs with the uh, New York Giants. Uh, Quadra Olsen is working with the first team offense right now. I just had to throw that in there for you dynasty people. Uh, Nick Chubb got paid. Loving that big Nick Chubb guy. Uh, Devante Freeman signs with the 49ers. A little bit of a head Saints. scratcher. Saints. What I say? The 49ers? <laughs> they have a bunch <laughs> of other what? <laughs> with the Saints, I'm sorry. And the Hall of Fame game is this Thursday, guys. Uh, are you guys going to be watching the Hall of Fame game? Oh, Just because yeah. it's football. Yeah, junkie. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm going to have it on for at least the first half or whatever. And then maybe we'll see from there. But definitely have to watch a little football so far. So. Who else is playing this? The Cowboys and Bears? Cowboys and Steelers. Bears, yeah. Steelers? I thought it was Steelers. I think Steelers? it's Steelers. Uh, Hall of Fame game. I think it's the Steelers. I think maybe the Bears were last year. Bears were probably last year. It's definitely Cowboys-Steelers. Come on. You don't want to see Duck Hodges out there? I don't want to see Duck Hodges <laughs> ever again. I think I missed my last pick. Though. No, I didn't. I made it. I'm good. Ooh, Sean's making his picks right now. Loving them so far. Oh, that's your team, Sean? Yep. Ooh, okay. <laughs> okay. All right, guys. So let's get away from the news now and talk about our main topic for the day. Like I said, it's draft strategies, guys. So we're going to start with each position, kind of individual, and kind of just talk about if and any strategies you guys have for the quarterback position that you guys kind of lean towards, basically, for the start of the season here. So let's start with the quarterbacks, quarterback strategies here. Jibs, I'm going to let you go first on this one here. What kind of strategies do you go for for the quarterbacks? Is it early? Is it late? Is it middle? What do you like to do? Personally? I like to find like the the nice like value. That's for me. Like I don't want to go stretch it too early and kind of have a deficit at my team at like stronger positions. I like to have like a nice solid lineup. Whether it be uh, you have a two start running backs or two wide receivers to start out, or you have a good tight end. I, I'm a big advocate of that this year, but for me, like I like to have the value if I'm not getting Mahomes or like Josh Allen, I'll, I think I'll wait a little bit, but um, I'll say mid. I'm a mid guy. You're a mid guy. Okay. 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 Jorge, what about you? Where do you like to go in the quarterback situation? Well, you know what? I used to be a late round quarterback guy and uh, <laughs> it didn't, it, it's, I, I, I did a little homework on it this year. The ADP for last season, the ADP, the, quarterbacks are coming up and and to me i want a quarterback who's got the running capabilities that konami code that everybody loves to talk about uh you know even justin herbert did some running last year and so i i, I want i'm kind of creeping up a little bit like in this one in this mock draft i mean we'll talk about it in a second but i'm grab i, I grabbed lamar jackson and it, he's kind of in that range of the quarterbacks that i want to have somebody uh from because there's especially him he's such a cheat code with the 17th game he's going to go for a thousand yards a game again which is amazing and uh kyler but though the one the guy i'm looking at to be the number one is kyler murray this year i think he's gonna uh sorry sorry for the trey lance uh the Trey Lance fan to my uh, to my right, <laughs> or, uh, <laughs> but uh, no, nah, I think it's gonna. I, I really like Kyler Murray this year. 
Okay. He got snaked for me. Oh, and I'm on the I'm on the clock here. Sorry. <laughs> You're okay. Just don't miss your pick. Uh, Sean, over to you, my friend. Uh, what about you? What is your strategy overall when it comes to quarterbacks? Um, I'm taking a quarterback early, as you can see. I've <laughs> um, three years ago is when I started taking quarterbacks in the first round on a one QB week, and I'm not going to stop. I want my top guys. I want to forget it and set it. I'm not streaming QBs anymore. I'm just done with it. And if I don't get the quarterback I want in the first round, then I'm going tight end. Like I can get my running backs in the late rounds. I can get decent receivers starting at round three. Okay. Okay. I like that. all kinds of different strategies here. Uh, personally, I still like to go late quarterbacks. If I don't, I don't, I don't have to grab my quarterback until round 10 or later. I'm pretty okay with that. I usually will grab a guy with upside, like guy like Justin Fields and a guy who kind of is more of a stable presence and maybe like Matt Ryan or something like that. I, I prefer to go with that route. There are times, though, believe me, uh, if someone falls and I think that's kind of how you have to look at the quarterback position personally for me, if, you know, a guy like Justin Herbert fell to round seven in our draft here now, I thought that was a value in terms of where he was really going in terms of his ADP right now. Uh, so I'll go and pull the trigger at that point. But most of the time, I like to wait and try to load up on running backs and wide receivers that we'll get to in a second here. So um, over to running backs here. And, Hori, I'm going to let you go first on this one. How do you handle the running back position? I want to come. Out, I want to come out with someone who's going to be my guy uh, by in one of the first two rounds. And so I, I definitely want to have at least one good one in the first two rounds, just because of the fact that they're they really drop off in value after that. Um, I, I'm. I used to be. I want to go running back, running back, and I'm kind of loosening up a little bit on that. And uh, I've been getting a lot of tight ends in uh, in you know, in one of the first two rounds in this one, obviously I went Kelsey in the first round and, uh, uh, but you know, I came back with, uh, Clyde Edwards, Hilaire and, and David Montgomery. And that, and that's the thing I want to have that. I, I want to have that stud, but I don't want to be married to having to go running back, running back because there was so much attrition in the running backs. I, I remember, I think I did a, one of my leagues, I think there were 17 running backs that went in the first two rounds and all, I think it was all but two of them, uh, missed at least one game. So it's just, I mean, that's, you, you, I, and I don't, I don't, I hate those ones where I have to, you know, go to the waiver wire or I got to go find somebody to start for a while. I, I don't Someone agrees that. with me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't hate I that love. strategy at all. So, uh, Sean, uh, the biggest reason I brought you on because of this section right here, the running back section, and your talk on the whole running back scheme really got me thinking there. Uh, so I want you to let everyone know kind of how you handle the running back situation. Um, I don't even look at running backs on average normally until round 10. This one that we did, I had to go a bit early because there's a lot of RB heavy guys. So I started in round seven, but I'll just play the waiver wire. There's such a volatile position, like was already mentioned by the guys to my right. If I'm saying it right. Uh, they get hurt. They're just like, this is the first time in 10 years when I started off, I took a running back and I took Cam Akers. You're going to lose your, 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 lose your draft, your fantasy season on your first couple of picks you're not going to lose them but you think you're going to you're not going to win it on it but you're going to lose it so it's more likely a running back's going to get hurt in the early rounds the top running backs than it is for a top wide receiver so i'll just skip running back all together you got to be active play the waiver wire trades whatever have you but you just stack your team up elsewhere and you just be busy with running backs on the waiver wire and everywhere else I'll give a personal example. Last year, I was really hot and heavy on uh, uh, Josh Jacobs. And I think I, in uh, my most competitive league, I think I was picking 10th. And I was like, and, you know, in mock drafts, he was falling. Sometimes he was falling. Sometimes he wasn't. Well, he got picked right before me because uh, one of my friends was listening to the podcast. uh, And uh, 
So I defaulted to Devonte Adams. So things worked out okay on on, on that front. Things worked out okay until until I had to go up against Stefan Diggs and Alvin Kamara in week uh, six in the championship game. That was painful. That was scary. Painful. I won a game by two points because Alvin Kamara put up 60 points. Uh, it was a beauty. That's for sure. Two <laughs> points I won by. I shouldn't have even won the game. I was that My team was just demolished at that point. And, and I came back with uh, Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams against Kamara in that, like, last Sunday night game. So, whew. That was uh, – well, I came back, but I had – I still had to go up against – we were ahead – with I think we were up about ten points. I said, oh, okay, you know what? New England can shut down, uh, d- maybe hold Diggs to under ten points. No, that it was. I actually lost two championships on on a single play. I had I was going up against Josh Allen in one championship, and and Diggs in another one. And that, and I think it was the the first touchdown that did it. And so that was all good. All good. Happens when you play multiple leagues. <laughs> yeah, multiple <laughs> lost that one time. It's all good. All good. I'll get my. I'll get my. I'll get mine this year. There you go. There you go. Uh, Jibs, uh, leave it off with you here, my friend. Or RB strategy, my friend. Where's yours at? Um, for me, I, I don't. I can't do zero RB. Like I, I tried that one year, and I love the wide receivers I got on my team. Don't get me wrong. Plus the tight end and the quarterback, but I was hurting all year, and I just find it so hard to trade for a running back especially when you're like dealing with like your home league mates and all that good stuff. So for me, like I like kind of getting two running backs within the first four rounds. And if you like in a specific, like say like you're in the top, like um, five picks or so, like I'll definitely take one of those studs and then fill my team up from there and then pick one when I get to that, like Gaskin, zero Henderson range and all that good stuff. Yeah, I think that's why we're co-hosts, my friend. I, I feel like I follow the similar strategy. Uh, just like I did in this draft here, I like taking at least one running back in the early rounds uh, and then kind of see how the draft kind of goes. You know, I prefer – it depends really. It really depends on how the draft goes. But I prefer to take one RB early and then kind of wait and take that wide receiver gap that's so great in the middle there. And noticing this draft here, that round six, seven, eight range in terms of wide receivers, I'm not a huge fan of. So I'd rather just go grab a running back with possible upside like Javante Williams like I took – uh, in the draft here, but I kind of like that strategy just because you get a stud. And then at that point you, you kind of just have to do your homework. Like I, like Sean said, when he does his, his draft strategy in terms of running backs, you have to really know what you're doing. If you're going to go running back late on that. And I feel like that's a pretty solid strategy to kind of mix them both together. So it's kind of how I like to do my RB strategy. So. Uh, and I love that. Michael, I love that Michael Carter pick at, at, at the end of the seventh round, Sean. Love that. Yeah. Michael Carter even more after seeing what uh, MGD said about him yesterday. Second best running, second best running back in the class. He called him. He said wow. he's third slow, but he's going to finish the season as the strongest running back the last oh. eight games. I love it. And they beefed up. They beefed up their offensive line. They made their own, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, especially the left side of their offensive line. I mean, they could just and go that way. They're bringing that run just zone team from San Francisco too. So. He's going to fly up boards. <laughs> yeah, I'm very mad I took Justin Herbert in round seven, and then you saw saw you take Michael Carter. I'm like, oh, Michael Carter. He was in my queue. Yeah. That was a great pick right there. I was like, I should have just took Michael Carter in the seventh round at that point. Ah. But great pick. Yeah, great it a, pick. It was one of my favorite picks so far in this draft in terms of the late round. So, 
Uh, over to wide receiver now, guys. And wide receiver can be all kinds of things here. And it's such a such a deep position in the NFL because there's so many people that obviously they have so many three wide receiver sets nowadays. It's just uh, it's unfair for the position. But uh, let's see. Sean, I'll let you go first on. Well, I think you're draft picking right now. Are you picking right now? Yeah, I can probably do last one, though. So your wide receiver strategy here, I'm assuming you like to go early on wide receiver if you're going late on running backs, but I'll let you tell us. Uh, well, I'll take them before a running back every time, basically. But <laughs> normally, like in the first three rounds, I'm coming out with a wide receiver, a tight end, and a quarterback. It's just how I do it. It's going to be the way it is. And then I'll go wide receiver, wide receiver for rounds four and five, too. But my first three uh, depends on how the draft goes, how I'm going to go. So I might take my quarterback in the third round and go tight end wide receiver too. But by the end of five rounds, I got a quarterback, a tight end and three wide receivers. Um, they're going to be so stacked that they're going to keep up with those running backs. Cause I'm going to have guys like Stefan Diggs. I want to CD lamb, but he went pick right before me in that class there, but I got uh, DJ Moore. He's going to keep up with them too. And uh, like I said, I'll just plug and play running backs. So they're going to get points. Who's ever the guy for the week. He's, going to easily get points than if it's like Mike Thomas who's filling in for Mike Thomas well we don't know if he's even going to throw the ball right but if Michael Carter gets hurt and the Michael P Ryan's in the background I can sure as shit tell you that he's going to be touching the ball right so he's going to get you points <laughs> that is a smart way to think about it definitely I love that uh, you got 34 seconds left so uh, make that pick here Jorge over to you my friend your wide receiver draft strategy what kind of way do you like to go I want to come away I want to come away with one of the top ones Preferably, preferably a top five. Definitely, uh, at least one top ten. Preferably two top two top ten receivers uh, out of the first few rounds. I, I, I want to see that because again, th- those players are more durable, and you know the way the game is so passing oriented. I mean, I want to get somebody who's. Uh, who's who's that who's the focal point of an offense and and even i mean i love last year the team i was talking about Devonte adams obviously he was a stud but it, you know backed it up with aj brown and deontay johnson i was i rode those guys the whole season and it was just it was glorious getting and i think i got johnson in the seventh round and and uh those guys, you know, there's so much depth where you're getting these guys late and uh, they're still very serviceable. The 49ers receivers are, you know, are, are a great example. Ayuk and Samuel are going, you know, are, are going in those middle rounds and they, they, they give you so much value, at, at, you know, to be either your second receiver or your flex position. Yeah, no, I definitely don't disagree with you whatsoever there. I, that's, I said, wide receiver strategies. There's a lot of them and there's a lot of great ones. So uh, two great ones so far here. Jibs, my friend, wrong way, Jibs. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Over to you, my friend. Where's your strategy come from? For me, like I like the, uh, I guess I like to have like a tier list of wide receivers I like to have and say like, for instance, like last year, I thought Keenan Allen was like a pretty good like wide receiver too. I would love to have, but he was getting drafted pretty much like in the round five. So like he ended up being my third wide receiver in a lot of leagues. So like, I like to have just like a nice set of people for me personally. Like if I could get, if I could get that, that one running back start and have two good wide receivers that I could trust dependable volume, like hogs, target hogs. Like I'll love to have that. But like, you also could see though, like to, or his point, like, even starting in round four, like you still could get Godwin, you still get Woods, Evans, Cooper, those kind of receivers. So it doesn't like hurt your team's 
theoretically, if you get like a running back, a tight end, a quarterback to um, Sean's point as well. So you can fill your team up in plenty of ways, just the way the ADP is falling this year. But for me personally, I just like to have, I like to have one good one and maybe a solid one, depending on the position. If it's PPR, I'm going to go with that wide receiver with the running back more often though. Yeah. And, and I think there's difference there. Absolutely. When it comes to like PPR and half point standard, um, for me, I, I prefer to wait into that round three. I feel like between round three and round five, I can get three top 20 wide receivers possibly uh, before the season's over. And so I, I like to go RB, like I said before, and then maybe a tight end, whatever it may be, maybe wide receiver it depends on who falls. But uh, that round three to four range this year, to me, I, I love getting my wide receivers right in that time frame there. Like I said, last year I did it with Calvin Ridley. He worked out great last year. Um, again, there's a lot of good wide receivers right there. And then for me, I then I wait a little bit. I wait for some upside, some rookies to kind of fill my bench up a little bit because at some point they're going to break out. It's just the way the NFL is working nowadays. These young guys are just stepping to the plate day one a lot of times here. And I'll take a lot of upside risk later in the draft when it comes to wide receivers. But I like to get a style of three or four right in that round, three to four range or round five, whatever, and kind of go from there and just be happy with my position at that point. So. Yeah, and last year, you, last year, I mean, Jibs, you mentioned Keenan Allen. Last year, you had AJ Brown going in that range. You had Stefan Diggs going in that range. I mean, and, and those guys were all top ten receivers last year. Just, uh, just a hot zone right there. Mm-hmm. Muy caliente, muy caliente. I just auto picked Gronk with my last pick. Great. Oh, <laughs> no, you picked Mayfield. Did I pick Mayfield? Yeah. Oh no, no I didn't do that. You're right. I did pick Mayfield. Oh, whatever. Now, oh, I didn't have a quarterback. I don't really take uh, two quarterbacks most times, but uh, mm-hmm. that's what it did, so. All right, over to the last strategy here, guys. It's tight ends here. Uh, tight ends is definitely a pretty <laughs> easy position to kind of talk about here, but maybe someone has a strategy we don't know about. So, uh, Horry, I'm going to let you go first on this one. What is your tight end strategy? Well, uh, did you see my first-round pick? I did see your first-round pick. <laughs> Travis <laughs> Kelsey. Top, the top. 107. Uh, you know what? Everybody went so quarter, running back heavy. I wanted to be a little bit different. I almost went Tyreek Hill there, but you know what? Travis Kelsey in a in a and and I really saw the value of him, and and this is a guy. I mean, we're seeing a Hall of Fame career really happening here. I mean, this guy is this guy. I think Gronk was like the tight end one or two for like three years. I think he's been. I think Kelsey has been the tight end one or two for like six years in a row. He doesn't miss games. And he's got he's got a future Hall of Famer quarterback, and he's never going to get double teamed because he's got Tyreek Hill on the other side. So I, I love I, I've got three three tight ends that I'm targeting everywhere. It's Kelsey in the first round. Uh, I'm not not so often because I do want to get my running back, and but I want it's Waller and Kittle, and I actually have Kittle a little bit ahead of Waller. I'm a little bit different. And the big reason, uh, two big reasons, uh, I do think, I, I think either Jimmy G or Trey Lance are going to be throwing to him a lot, no matter what. And number two, look at that schedule, weeks 15 to 17. Week 17, you know, I know a lot of people say, oh, don't look at the playoff schedule. Newsflash, everybody, the Houston Texans are going to suck. And, that's, <laughs> and, and, and they travel to San Francisco week 17. I'm loading up on 49ers and I want George Kittle in my, I, I want George Kittle as my tight end as my, in the second round. Okay. Okay. I uh, can't complain like that. I'm going to be similar when I get to my pick here. Uh, Sean, over to you, my friend, how do you like to handle the tight end position? Oh, I'm getting one of the top tight ends. Like uh, <laughs> if, if I miss out on well, this year, it's the top four. I 
got stuck with Pitts. He would be the bottom one just because it's seasonal, but next year he could easily be the top guy taken off the board. Um, he's an amazing route runner. He's going to get great separation. They're just going to force feed him the ball. That's why they let Julio go. If I miss out on one of these guys, I'm just going to wait till the later rounds and I'll pick up like a guy like uh, Adam Trotman or Robert Tanya just to plug in because it doesn't really matter after you miss them. The gap is so big after those guys and it's so minimal for everybody that are on down. Like, what is it, tight ends 5 to 12? It's like a six-point difference every week, something like that. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm getting the top guy, and I'm not even worrying about it. I love it. That's two, I did, two for the top. <laughs> I did actually just uh, I, just an hour ago. I did an interview with the Saints uh, beat writer, and he just said he's expecting a huge season out of Adam Troutman. So, you know, and he, he's oh, yeah. so he's been all the practices. So yeah, As with Michael Thomas being out, maybe up to six games, maybe even more. If, yeah, get up, get if you don't get one of those other guys, get Troutman. Yeah, and he's a former QB, so he knows where to drop in those zones. I draft him in round eleven, so I'll take it. So, uh, Jibs, are you on the same page with everyone else? Are you? Do you have your own tight end strategy? You gotta get this. If you know how to draft a team and you have like conviction on some later round guys that you believe in, they're gonna have a great opportunity this year. You go get a top tight end and just forget about it. Just like looking at Orhe's team, we're gonna review it in a couple minutes. But he started with Kelsey, and then he got two running backs and Godwin and a quarterback. So on Kelsey. Boom! That's his. That's his lineup right there. That's his core points. And then after that, you could just plug and play. Like the wide receiver drop off is going to be kind of similar from there. Running back, you just got to find the value. So I'm, I'm all about the top dogs. Kelsey is Hall of Famer. Waller is just a volume guy. And then Kittle, eh, I'm a little bit uh, sour on, but like I kind of take him on my team because. I've just been like lately over the last three or four years, I've been trying to get that sleeper guy or the breakout ten- candidate and tight end. And I keep whiffing and I keep whiffing major in the middle of the draft. And I'd rather just use that on a wide receiver, something or a safe quarterback pick instead of wasting my round four or five or six pick on a tight end. That's just basically going to give me 10 points a week. Yeah. Who's going to be this year's Robert Tanyan? Seriously. Who's who's- Adam Trotman. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Every time they peg someone, that oh. tight end guy, it's usually oh. a freaking garbage. I called Kelsey. I called Kittle. I called Waller. I got them all on one team, and I drafted Pitts this year. So I have all four on my dynasty team that I have that trophy with. Oh, and premium. Yep. Oh wow. Let's see why. <laughs> oh God, that's that's the stuff. That's disgusting. You could just have a ball yeah. with 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 trade with trading any one of them, but why would you? You just got I got them all in fifth and sixth round rookie drafts. Unbelievable. Oh, Even Adam God. Trotman, I got him too on that team. I got him in the sixth round. I feel like I, oh. I feel like you talked about this on the clubhouse, and you were like, "Why do I want to trade them?" Like, yeah, why, why give you that advantage? I'm just going to keep them my team. Yep, that's exactly it. I know I don't have to worry about two positions on your team every time I play you. Why do you think I'm going undefeated every season? That's, I'm going on my fifth year in a row in this league. Oh. <laughs> wow. That's wild. I, I sent them pictures making love to the trophy this year in the offseason. <laughs> <laughs> like, we're so intimate. We're at this stage now. <laughs> you might have to do a podcast on just fifth and sixth round rookie tight ends at this point. <laughs> yep. that, that's impressive. Let's invite him on. He's the tight end whisperer. Yeah, well, thank God I have Trotman in a lot of places right now. So at this point, guys, I, I'm pretty much on the same page as everyone else here. I mean, I, I'm at this point, I'm going early or I'm waiting and I'm getting 
Adam Trotman. I like Tyler, Tyler Higby this year. Uh, some guys that are definitely round 10 or later. I won't touch anyone past round three to nine at this point if they're not there. So I'm either getting Kelsey or Kittle or Waller early, or I'm waiting until the dead zone at the, uh, the end, not the dead zone, but the end of draft. Basically, that's how I kind of want to play this. So I got I got a question for the room. You know, there's been I feel like people are jumping off the Tanyan bandwagon with no. with Aaron Rodgers back, and yes, you know they got Randall Cobb, beautiful. But uh, are you guys are you guys buy, buying in any more on a uh, on Tanya? Now that the game, I'm back? scared of his efficiency. Like he was just super efficient last year, and he was just scoring touchdowns like on like every five like catches he made. So I don't know. I can't be like a Devonta Adams believer, Aaron Jones believer, Aaron Rodgers believer, Randall Cobb gets in the situation and still have like Valdez, Scantlin, all of them there. I just don't know if he could replicate it. I know he's going to be a guy on the field, but I just think the touchdowns aren't going to be there. So I think he may be a lost cause, but he's still a tight end with elite quarterback. So it's something to keep your eye on. I have him as my tight end five this year. I think he's going to do very well. He's been training with Kittle last offseason. He trained with him. That's why he had that big jump. He was a guy I picked up once I heard he was working out with Kittle. So he's another guy I got on a lot of teams. Um, it's just the way Kittle plays and the way he trains, it's just contagious. And it's caught on to Tanya. And he's got a different mentality playing the game. And you go look, last time Aaron Rodgers has had a tight end at the physical peak of their prime. It was Jamichael Finley, and Jamichael Finley put up good numbers with Aaron Rodgers. So now you got Tanya. I think he's going to put up similar numbers, and it's going to be Devontae Adams, and then second look's going to be Tanya. Yeah, couldn't agree more with you, honestly. He might not be as efficient as he was last year, but he's going to still have a really great season, honestly. I mean, double-digit touchdowns are not out of the question. Uh, I mean, he's outside of Devontae Adams. He's going to be Aaron Rodgers' red zone threat. I mean, he's a big guy, and he he, he knew – the biggest thing about – Aaron Rodgers, if he has your trust, you're going to get the ball too. He's going to get, he's going to get you the ball somehow. And uh, you saw last year, I mean, he caught almost all the, like, he was like a like 90% catch rate last year or something like that. It was, it was insane. So Aaron Rodgers is going to throw to him and he's going to catch the ball continually. I have no yeah, I think it was like 50, I think it was like 52 receptions and, and on 59 targets or something like something ridiculous like that. Just amazing. It was, That's a man. Yeah. That's a man. If you didn't, if you didn't trade for him before, like in your dynasty, these guys, you, you may missed out because um, he's going to be shooting up draft boards again now. I think he was at tight end 18 uh, in terms of ADP like three weeks ago when we were talking about tight ends. And now he's definitely going to be jumping. I have him as tight end six, I think, or seven, something like that. So uh, he's he's probably due for another good season at least. I'll tell you, another tight end, if you got to go in the late rounds and you miss out on Autumn Trotman or Tanya, take Tim, Tim Tebow. Ah, yes. Tim Tebow will be in there because Urban Myers knows how to use him. I'm a Gators fan. He'll run the ball in for a couple. He'll catch a couple. He'll pass a couple. Like he's going to end up close to between eight and 10 touchdowns and probably 600 yards, which is tight end one numbers. That would just be. uh, Can you imagine the jersey sales? Can you imagine the jersey sales? I'm surprised he's not already getting more jerseys. Get it if you want. <laughs> I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. See, I scooped him in a 32 man league that I'm in, and I'm I'm thrilled just to just get him off waivers. Like, let's go. Well, All right, guys. People, because Myers knows how to use them. That's his boy, right? He brought him there for a reason. This is true. He's going to be on the team. He's going to make some noise. So he's going to be something. There's going to be a week where Tim Tebow gets two touchdowns, and people are going to freak out. 
that's going to happen at some point. So Twitter's going to explode and it'll just be, it'll be Tim Tebow week. It'll just, oh, it'll be crazy. It, it will <laughs> happen. At the end for a whole week. He's going to win millions of dollars on DraftKings. I know it'll be it'll, it'll be like you know one of the one of the more the cheaper tight ends and yeah it's like a dollar. <laughs> oh god! All right, guys, here. So I don't know if I can even get this zoomed in here. I'm gonna attempt my best to zoom this in here. So, Jibs, you're the first overall pick. Uh, talk about your team. All right, yeah. So I started with McCaffrey, uh, number one on one. Basically, a no brainer. I followed that up with DK Metcalf. I was hoping Kevin Kevin really fell to me. I'm like a huge fan of him this year, or just uh, any of the Hopkins Kevin Ridley trio. And then I followed it up with DeAndre Swift. Like I kind of wanted to take Keenan Allen, like just to get the two stud wide receivers that I was talking about, but still for like some theoretical kind of like standpoints on what with DeAndre Swift. I followed up with Josh Jacobs at the swing pick of round four, which is, uh, I'm not really an advocate, but I just figured with uh, those three running backs, it could be a nice foundation. He could be like a pretty good flex play, even though I know he has his boom and bust weeks. And then this one kind of got a little wacky. Like I took Deontay Johnson, just like get a nice little four play for a wide receiver too. Followed up with Mike Davis as like a backup running back. Got my quarterback and Russell Wilson. I got a little stack. I meant to ask you guys about like how do you guys feel about uh, QB stacks with your wide receivers and tight ends. But we'll get to that when we talk about uh, your team, Jorge. And then um, I just kind of went a little wacky with my wide receivers. So like I'll just tell you, I picked Marquise Brown, Mike Williams, T.Y. Hilton. Like I know uh, T.Y. Hilton and Marquise Brown are definitely can give you some boom and bust weeks. But I figured with both of them and their kind of injury history, they'll kind of balance out. And then Mike Williams is kind of getting that little hype train. So I figured if Justin Herbert can make it happen with Keenan Allen, I'm sure he can make it happen with Mike Williams in a healthy year. So I'm hoping like those will pan out. And then lastly, just to um, even out my running back core, I picked Jamal Williams as my handcuff to DeAndre Swift just in case, like, he gets a little nicked up during the season. I'm sure they're both going to have uh, some value on the team. And then uh, get your, everyone's favorite handcuff, Alexander Madison. <laughs> and then for tight ends, I went with Higby uh, just knowing that uh, – Gerald Evers left. They have Matt Stafford there. Cooper Cup and Wilder Woods are going to be the primary wide receivers, and they still lost uh, Josh Reynolds. So I think Jake, we can have a, a – he's in slate for a good year as a tight end with this increased role in the op- on the team. And I pick Anthony Furster. It could be Zach Ertz, any, any like random tight end you want. But I figured um, – I just know Julio Jones isn't like the guy who could have like a clean bill of health. And he, tight ends always have like an opportunity in the Tennessee Titans – offensive scheme so he could be a good uh target you could have as a late round dart or i could pick zach Ertz. like maybe gets traded to the bills and offs and sometime during the year and then you have a nice little tight end for um just to deal with that's my team a little wacky but hey it's all i wouldn't recommend it it's august it's august I don't mind that. I don't, I don't, I don't mind that team. And you know, I I know a lot of people are hating on Josh Jacobs right now, but to get him in the fourth round, he's probably the last thousand yard rusher that you're going to get at that point. So I I feel like the tier breaks on him and okay. I got you. I got you. I got you. Yeah. Yeah. I'll I'll give you that one. Do you want to, do you want to make a case for James Robinson too? 
it should uh, I be think it's going to be close because I think they're going to use Travis Etienne and what he wanted to draft Kadarius Tony for as a gadget guy in the slot and that. So I think they're both going to be viable. I I could I could see could see a uh, you know that that offense where Etienne is kind of like in the Kamara role, very interesting. And that and then you get you still get someone who needs to be a jackhammer with James Robinson. No, definitely, Jibs. I love that. Like I said, good team, man. Good team. I like the stack. I love the stack. I try to stack wherever I can. Do you guys do stacks? Does everyone like to do stacks here? I have about three three people all stack, and that's about it. Yeah, Yeah, I like to stack, but it has to be elite though. Yeah, exactly. Like you, know, you want Kelsey, Mahomes, you want Diggs or Allen or even DK and uh, Wilson. There is pretty good because they're going to put up some numbers as well. But I'd yeah, have them on my lower side. But Devontae Adams, Aaron Rodgers would be another one. Yep, good one. Yeah, some. I mean, yeah, I, I think I mentioned earlier. Someone stole Patrick Mahomes. Uh, be with twenty four. I, I'm, I'm, oh, you're, you're, you're lucky it's not a this isn't a money league uh because yeah i, I, I wanted that travis I, I wanted that patrick mahomes travis kelsey and even any even edwards alaire uh, to be he's gonna be catching some passes so i'd love to see that and uh, instead i got lamar jackson with no uh with no stack but that's okay i'll take the thousand yards rushing easy We'll see, we'll see, we'll see. All right, so guys, so quickly over to my team here. Uh, I love my team, honestly. I mean, say what you say, but I love my team here. So I kind of went, when I talked about the, my strategies overall, I mean, I went kind of in that direction here. I went Alvin Kamara first overall. I mean, at this point, the 1-6, that's what the pick I had, the 1-6 here. Uh, I just, I just kind of took the best available. Running back fell, Alvin Kamara. Um, round two, like I said, take a top-tier tight end. I took Dar- uh, Darren Waller, round two. I thought it was a good value at that point. And then... Round three, three to five, I took my wide receiver approach. I went Justin Jefferson, who surprisingly fell, honestly. Uh, Rob Woods, solid number two guy. And Jamal uh, Jamal Chase, who uh, has potential to be a wide receiver one, but is my wide receiver three. And then I went over to, um, to Javante Williams. I kind of took like an upside younger running back because of what was on the board at that time, unfortunately. But uh, if he ends up you know, doing something really great with Melvin Gordon's, you know, just overall history of what happens with him, uh, Javante Williams could end up seeing the starting lineup at some point by midseason, so that could definitely help. And then this is when I didn't really like that much. I should have took Michael Carter here, but I went Justin Herbert, and I was, didn't really know what I wanted to do here. But, you know, Herbert in the seventh round, uh, I can't really complain about it. So I got like that. And then I went to upside plays I really love this year and Jalen Waddle and Darrell Mooney, uh, both wide receivers in the eighth and ninth round here. I thought they were I think, great values at that point here. Again, could be a little risky in terms of their boomer bust potential, but uh, I have three solid wide receivers. So I didn't think I could take a more of a risk at this point in the draft. In round ten, Gus Edwards. Just a, I'm surprised he was still there in round ten, honestly. But just a solid running back that's going to get you consistent floors each week. It might not be great always, but uh, he's going to get you something. And God that's forbid, you. <laughs> just God forbid if J.K. Dobbins goes down, Gus Edwards is an RB one almost at that point in the season. Uh, and then I went Adam Trotman as my first wide tight end off the board in round 12, uh, you know, upside, you know, I really want to Higby honestly in round 12, but uh, settle for Trotman, which is going to be a great season for him. Gabriel Davis is my guy in week in and week out, no matter what. Uh, Jonah Smith, again, Jonah Smith is surprisingly just kind of just falling in drafts. It's not really being taken. Uh, I think he can be something still this year. Uh, even with Cam or uh, Mac Jones, but he's going basically in round what, around 13. I got him, and so I thought it was a great value. And then the computer picked Baker Mayfield as my QB two. 
it's okay. He'll be okay. Her will be be dropped before the season starts. Else, so. <laughs> I don't need two QBs in a one quarterback league very often. So I'll so give it. the just... listeners a last round pick that you would have made then. Um, I mean, I guess I would, I guess I could have took quarterback. I have to see the board. I don't know. I mean, Mac Jones, I mean, Mac Jones, uh, Marlon Mack kind of interesting, especially if the quarterback situation slightly, I mean, Jonathan Taylor gets hurt at all. Uh, I mean, he could end up seeing some minor role. I mean, I don't know if I take him in round 14, but just looking who went after him, uh, I would consider that at that point maybe. But I'm sure there's a wide receiver or a running back with upside I'd probably rather take um, right then and there. Like, I don't know. I couldn't think at the top of my head right now. But there's someone out there. I just have to – just can't think about him. So, all right. So, Jorge, over to you, my friend. Your team, you were the seventh pick here in this draft, right behind me here. You didn't really uh, – Steal too many of my picks, so I was pretty happy about that. So uh, why don't you explain your team? Well, uh, you know, I talked about my love for the the, t- the elite tight end, so I went with that. And I'm really big on Clyde Edwards-Alaire this year. I think he's going to take a I think he's going to take a big step up. I think he's going to be more involved in in the passing game. Uh, maybe he doesn't come up to the Kareem Hunt 2017 season, but I could see him getting you know 225 to 250 carries and 50 to 60 catch 50 to 60 balls, get about 1600 yards, get a bunch of touchdowns. I think he's going to be great. Um, that third round. Uh, I really had my eye on Justin Jefferson. And so I cursed you under my breath when you took him right before me. Uh, you know, uh, Steve, it was just, uh, but that's fine. Uh, I really like David Montgomery as a, as a backup. I think he's, uh, I, I, I think people are uh, over. I think people are, are underrating and overrating him at the same time for lack of a better term. I think people are uh, thinking that, that, that his end was overrated. And so they're, they're dropping him down in their, in their rankings. And this is a guy who's still the clear cut uh, run, running back one on his team. And he's going to be get he's still going to get targets to Cohn is not a hundred percent healthy right now. So he's going to be a good one. I really wanted my homes there in the next round, but uh, that's where I started my, you know, grab it going after uh, uh, receivers. Godwin, I think he's going to have a good season. I was, I was kind of hemming and hawing between him and Robert Woods. Uh, so I, I'm, I, I felt smart when you took uh, Woods right after him. Lamar Jackson, like I said, I want to get one of my top, one of those running backs and he was right there. And I, and I like him more than Dak Prescott this year. I like Prescott. Uh, I just, just from talking to a Dallas beat writer there, I think they're going to be, uh, be a little more balanced this year. They're not, it's not going to be the air it out, you know, craziness last year because their defense is going to be better. But, uh, for me, the, uh, the rest of the way, my favorite pick was chase Claypool in the sixth round. I think he's going to take a big step up. Uh, I know people are really down on Ben, big Ben's arm, but, uh, even with big Ben's arm, Claypool was, has a nose for the end zone. I think he's, uh, he, you know, he really know, knew how to use his size and his speed really well. He's, he's just, he's a baller. I think he's, I don't know if he'll get to where DK Metcalf was. I think he's the guy I comp him to most, but, uh, I, 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 I think, I don't know if he'll get to that level this year, but I think he's going to get a, th- you know, a thousand, a thousand yards uh at least a thousand yards and about 10 touchdowns the rest of the way i think i think another pick that i liked was lavisca chanel I, d- I didn't like that that i i uh some of my running backs got sniped 
And so I only ended up with three running backs on my roster with AJ Dillon being the third one. I think he'll get some, get some carries and one that I'm, I'm annoyed at myself. I passed on uh, kind of like my late round, my, my last two rounds pick guy has been Josh Kelly. Uh, someone is going to need to uh, catch, uh, get those goal line carries for the chargers. Someone's got to do that. And I, I I'm putting my money on, on Kelly and even uh, Austin Eckler himself said that uh, Kelly's going to have a bounce back year this year. And for the one week and for the one week I have to play him, I put Gerald Everett in there. <laughs> in my last pick. <laughs> he, could be he could be interesting if things go right I mean, this way. And yeah, you can, I can fle- flex some, some weeks here and there. He's a good, basically last pick tight end. I think if you would go that route and just go last pick tight end, I think he could end up having some value. He meets up with his uh, familiar face uh, in the new OC for the Seahawks. Could be interesting. Yep. I'm uh, I'm I'm intrigued by Sean. I, I want I want to hear Sean. I'm gonna I'm gonna get some popcorn over here and listen. <laughs> Sean has some players here. If I can move my screen over just a tad here and get rid of that, uh, Sean, my friend, you are up. Well. I started in the 12th spot. Just It was open, and that's my favorite spot to draft at. Uh, I, if Kelsey was there, I would have picked Kelsey in the first round and come back in the second round with Mahomes, and that would have been the stack. I wanted the superstar stack, so that's who went Josh Allen in the second round. Like I said, I want my quarterback early. I don't want to forget it, like set and forget. Um, coming back, I took Kyle Pitts. He was the last top tight end left. A little bit of a gamble, but I'm all right with it because I think they're going to force feed him the ball, and I can easily see him having – 120 targets, probably close to a thousand yards and eight touchdowns, and that's tight end five numbers, right? So I'm okay with that. Um, then I went three wide receivers in a row with DJ Moore, Cortland Sutland, and DJ Chark, guys that are just coming into their physical prime, which is what you're looking for in the seasonal league. So all those guys should have a big year. And then I went running back a little bit earlier than I like because of how this draft was going. So I had to bump it up a couple of rounds. Took my favorite rookie running back in Michael Carter and James Robinson I took after him. And then Pollard, who's another pass catching back after him. And then I went back to wide receivers with Rashad Bateman, who I think is going to lead the uh, Baltimore Ravens in receiving yards. I don't know if he'll be over 1,000 or not. I don't know if they'll even have a 1,000-yard receiver, but next season he will be over 1,000 and he'll have his touchdowns too. Um, and Trevor Lawrence was there. I got my boy, so I took him. Didn't need him, but what the hell. And then uh, I went Shepard Hubbard because if, for whatever reason, Christian McCaffrey goes down, who can step in better than Mike Davis did last year? Chubba Hubbard has all the same sort of skill sets that he showed off in college. And then I went uh, LeMichael P. Ryan just to kind of back up Carter if he was to go down. And who did I finish off with? Oh, Braylon Edwards. I just took a shot on a receiver who could have a big year. But these last couple of four picks to me, they're, they're fluid, right? Like they're easy, easy drops. If I see someone on the waiver wire that I want. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. Uh, Edwards is, Edwards is interesting. He's one of those, those guys that I'm looking for in the late rounds. Definitely. He has potential for this year for sure. So um, yeah, that, that's, that was our draft guys. Um, before we let everyone go, if I can bring this back here, I don't know if it will let me know. Maybe it won't here. Let me see if I can refresh it. Uh, quickly breeze through the teams real quick, guys, if you guys can see them on your phone or not. And just pick one team out of the teams you have here. Which one's your favorite team? I'll give you guys a second to look at all the teams real quick, and I'll, and I'll do a little uh, promotion for us real quick. So, guys, take a second, look at all the teams. 
pick one team out because I know some of the guys were watching it. So uh, while they do that, guys, I uh, just want to let you guys know that um, if you didn't listen to the last pod, we are here on Mondays and Wednesdays now. Uh, we're here for the whole month of Mondays and Wednesdays of August. Uh, we have a lot of different things going on. August 18th, we will be having a uh, Fantasy Coaches Charity Potathon uh, for the Humane Society, uh, which if you guys saw before, we were doing leagues for that. And we have two solid leagues set up for that. And it's going to start on the 18th as well. So we're going to have some people from the leagues join in and talk about their teams and uh, do some really cool, fun um, team talk with a lot of different people coming on. That, coming on. Uh, that's going to range from between 5 p.m. to 11 p.m. on August 18th. Uh, some other things we do have going on. Again, we're going to have articles popping out for the rest of this month here. We're going to have more shows uh, this fall. Uh, we're going to have a lot more shows this fall. You know, me and Jibs are going to do our normal two shows a week, talking some pickups, some starts and sits. Uh, I'm going to probably have an episode where we do a weekend recap kind of thing, a, a short 30-minute thing, you know, right when you wake up on Monday mornings to just kind of get from the weekend ahead of you. Um, we're going to have a whole actual dynasty podcast this fall here where, you know, we kind of talk about college players and NFL players combined. Um, we always have our DFS episode that we're going to be posting on the, by the weekend here. So some cool DFS stuff. And then we're going to probably have another episode that kind of mixes a whole bunch of things in terms of trends and different things like that with some of the, some of our crewmates. Uh, we brought a lot of new cool guys on this, this fall here now, and uh, they want to get into podcasting. So we're going to have another episode kind of just throw out there for you guys to help you guys give some more uh in-depth analysis on a lot of fantasy stuff this fall here so we're we're ramping things up as we get here so uh does anyone have a team they really like i like alex's team alex's team which one's alex Uh, we'll start with aaron jones team 10 so i'll quickly name his team off for him so uh aaron jones he had uh aaron jones and austin eckler as his running backs his wide receivers were Terry McLaurin, Mike Evans, Odell Beckham, Tyler Borden in the flex, Ryan Tanhill as a starter quarterback, TJ Hawkinson as his tight end. And then he had Devontae Smith, Kenyon Drake, Devin Singletary, Russell Gage, AJ Green, and Nico Collins, which is the last pick Nico Collins I really like. But uh, that is his team. Anyone else have a team? Yeah. I, lo- I love him getting t- Tannehill there. I like Tom 713. Um, I really like those. I like those running. I like those receivers, and then coming back with Etienne Edmonds and Sermon back to back. I mean, and getting Stafford in the eighth round is just amazing. And Logan Thomas, you know, in a tight end only to get to get Logan Thomas in the ninth round. That's that that, that that's great. That's really good. And nice dart throws with Rugs and Tony. Yeah, no, definitely, definitely a really good team here. Sean, what about you? Oh, I did like that Tom team too. But the other one that I kind of like, which is a different strategy than mine, would be that uh, guy picking a 1.8, DeWitt 24, sort of with Jonathan Taylor, Gibson, Sanders. So three running backs in a row. And then he went with Mahomes. And then he ended up getting uh, Higgins, Samuel, Samuels, Samuel, Samuel, <laughs> and Hardman. So they're all decent guys he doesn't have a stud but they're all pretty much flexible to put in in any guy at any time depending on who's playing who right so you can play the matchup game with your wide receivers that off there there. i will say i do like sean's sean i like your team too yeah i like yours (laughs) oh thank you thank you I, I no, i i'm 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 often intrigued by zero rb and uh I just don't. I just don't have the guts to do it. Yeah, I don't have the balls to do it anymore. 
I need I need to have I need to, I need one to be my comfort my my comfort food my 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 pillow my teddy bear. <laughs> no. Just gotta know when to let go, guys. Is all. <laughs> That's true. I can't do that either. It's my baby. Just gotta uh, let him go. Gotta let him go. Gotta let him fly off the coop. Um, so I guess mine outside of those, I I, I like Shane's team. He had pick uh, one eleven. Oh yeah, one eleven. Mm-hmm. He had Najee Harris. He had the Devontae Adams and Aaron Rodgers stack. CD Lamb, um, Mark Mark Andrews. I don't really preferably like as a tight end, but I mean he's solid overall. You know, Miles Gaskins is solid number two. Uh, Damian Harris I think could surprise people this year for sure. Tyler Lockett's a boomer bust. You know, wide receiver three basically this year, and then you have the up and coming um, Elijah Moore, which I really love. He's got. Michael Gallup, he's got Latavius Murray as a, as a solid bench guy. Um, Justin Fields, um, Rondell Moore, and Nelson Aguilar kind of fills his bench out. I, I think his starting lineup is pretty solid, so I'm going to go with that one there. So, But we are going to wrap things up here, guys. Uh, this was our draft strategy. We did a lot of the promo talk before uh, we ended today's show, but uh, Jorge, let everyone know again where they can find you on social media and anything you want to say about your guys' stuff. Yeah. Uh, again, you can find me at Jorge Martin 17 on Twitter and uh, please uh, check out our YouTube page. Uh, just Familia FFB on YouTube. You can see all, uh, all our shows on there. All my whole uh, beat writer series is on there. Interviews with people like Mary Kay Cabot, uh, Kevin Modesti, writers from Sports Illustrated, Bleacher Report, The Athletic. Zach Kiefer from The Athletic is, uh, was, was fantastic. Uh, again, just uh, check it out. Again, follow us on the, uh, wherever you get your podcast if you want the audio format. If you don't want to look at our faces, I don't blame you. <laughs> but again, and, and our website is familyffb.com. I'm dropping articles on there. Awesome, awesome. We do appreciate you jumping on for sure. So this was a good time. Thank you. Absolutely. Oh, thank bro. you. Uh, and Sean, uh, let everyone know they can find you out on social media and anything you want to say. Oh, I'm at, at Maximus8911 on Twitter and yeah, it's a great time. Thanks for having me on. It was fun. Enjoy your first podcast. <laughs> yep. <laughs> that. Hope I did all right. <laughs> no, you, did, you definitely did awesome. Like I said, if you guys ever want to talk to Sean, uh, he's always on Clubhouse. I, I, I peek in there sometimes, and he's always on, I feel like. So if you ever want to talk fantasy with him, I'm sure I'll talk with you for hours on end, uh, as long as it's about the 49ers and, you know, zero bar RB strategy. So. <laughs> oh, I can talk any strategy. Probably <laughs> done them all at some point. Yeah, so definitely jump on there if you like talking some football. So, um, and you know, before we let you guys go, as always, go check out our website www.thefantasycoaches.com. Our writers got a bunch of great content producing for us weekly up there. They're doing a lot of great things. And if you want to follow us on Twitter, it can be at Coaches Fantasy. And if you ever want to, you know, hit up me or Jibs and talk fantasy with us, I'm always more than welcome to. And you can do that at Coach Stephen P. I'll take on trip. Uh, so uh, tune in till we'll be back on Wednesday to talk some more running backs. Uh, until then, guys, have a great one. The back is not far-fetched. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Shh, like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High up the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players cover this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up. Jack, I'ma head back, back to the blowing that, blowing that, blowing that, go.